Hi, I'm Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And standing by to join me is Dr. Uma Nadu, a Harvard-trained nutritional psychiatrist, professional chef, nutrition specialist, and author of the national bestseller, This Is Your Brain on Food. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I was so thrilled when I saw this book. And I, you know what it was? I saw you interviewed by somebody else. Jillian Michaels? Yeah. Yes, I saw yeah. an interview online and yes. I thought, oh, I would love to have you on my show because there are so many issues uh, that are not only relevant to me, that perhaps family or people I know, and I'm, I'm, my book is all flagged with different <laughs> paper, but you focus on, you know, foods that fight depression, PTSD, ADHD, anxiety, OCD, and more. Um, tell me why this was such an important book for you to write. Thanks for asking that, Janine. You know, I feel like we're having conversations with our doctors about type 2 diabetes or weight gain or a family history of hypertension, but no one is talking about their emotional health or the fact that food affects our mental well-being. Food affects everything in our bodies, but it also affects our mental well-being. And so I wanted to bring the brain into that conversation and fill that niche. And that's what nutritional psychiatry does. It really is the use of healthy whole foods and nutrients to improve our mental well-being. You don't have to have a diagnosis to not be feeling great. And I think the pandemic taught us that. Yes. So the book is really for any individual who wants to feel better. Maybe you wake up feeling a little blue. Maybe you have, you know, these pangs of anxiety when you get onto your Zoom meetings. Whatever it is, food is one of the things that can help us. And that's really uh, why I wanted to bring my work forward. I have felt for a very long time that psychiatry does not have the solutions in just a prescription pad. I think that prescriptions as well as different forms of therapy are very, very important, but they don't do they, they don't cover everything. Right. It's not the whole picture. I, as I mentioned to you yes. before we started, I feel like you have to be a detective and look at all the factors affecting you or affecting, affecting someone you love because yes. it might not be so on the surface. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now, I have been aware that we've been in a mental health pandemic and not just adults, but kids, college mm -hmm. students, everyone. Yes. Um, college students especially have been hit hard. You know, I'm not saying high school students have not, but there's socially isolated missing milestones. And mm -hmm. I know for me as a teen, I was completely addicted to fast food, mm -hmm. living on McDonald's, donuts, <laughs> dinners. And I was a horrible student. And I say this because there's so much truth in what you're saying in that it wasn't until when I was living in Boston and I was in grad school at BU, mm -hmm. I started going and getting these massive salads for dinner in between classes that were like three mm -hmm. hours long. And I felt I had the greatest um, mental mindset, the sharpness. I was not wow. tired anymore. It was incredible. Wow. That's a great observation. I love that. Yeah. So let's dive into your book. Um, you had... Give us a give us a sense of um, the beginning of the book because you have your sure. own story, health story. Yeah, you know, I um, had founded uh, had the opportunity to found first and kind 
at an academic teacher teaching center and, and still remains the only such clinic in nutritional psychiatry in the US. Um, and I was very busy kind of enjoying, really enjoying building this and doing, doing the work that I do. And um, at the time was not expecting to, I wasn't feeling sick. I, nothing had changed. Um, and, and I unexpectedly felt a breast lump one day. And that really was a whole other journey for me. It, it, it was teaching myself the principles that I was teaching others, uh, but sort of reinforcing it for myself. Mm -hmm. I had already started to adopt, you know, better ways of eating and thinking about food over time. But, you know, life has ways of teaching you lessons and, and I'm always humbled by those. And realizing that as a physician, I knew the side effects of the chemotherapy medications I was about to start was making me very anxious. And I'm generally someone who walks around with anxiety. I'm fortunate that way. I don't suffer in that way and um, found myself really uh, full of angst. And I had to completely lean into upping my game in terms of the spices that I enjoy, my golden latte that I used to make with my grandmother, uh, you know, bringing in the, the whole healthy foods in a much more robust way. And honestly, uh, seeing myself in that patient role. Um, and what it taught me was that this works. You know, I was one of the individuals, my doctors would ask me every single week what I was eating because I did not have side effects. And um, I didn't know that that would be the outcome, but it was a very powerful lesson teaching me that your mindset and what you do around your nutrition and diet is critical when it comes even to things like chemotherapy that we sometimes think we cannot control. Yeah. So what happened next? So I fortunately um, went through all the forms of treatment that I needed. And, uh, you know, I had come out the other side of that mm -hmm. um, and continued my work. You know, I think it really taught me to have a different level of appreciation for the power of, of nutri nutrition and tapping into that. And I think I went into my practice um, with the depth of knowledge that was different and very humbling, but also being able to, you know, feel very fervent when I say to people, I'm not just saying eat a salad because you know, right. doctors say, eat your salads. Yeah. There's science behind this. And, you know, we need to start respecting that because folate is rich in vitamin B9, low levels of folate associated with depression. So eating those greens, having those nutrients that are plant polyphenols, eating the color of the rainbow, there's a lot of information now to tell us there are good reasons to do that. So just like you described, having that salad and feeling a sense, get a better sense of focus and not yes. feeling tired and, and having brain fog or anything like that. These are the things I want people to really start appreciating about how we're all living and eating. Yes. And I feel like you can do your own little experiment. I mean, I stopped eating gluten a long time ago because I was getting very tired. I even had stomach cramps. And mm -hmm. so two weeks ago, I was about to go play tennis because I started doing that the past five months. And I thought, oh, that bagel looks so good on the counter that they're, they're mm -hmm. fresh and I don't normally eat them, but I was hungry. I ate mm -hmm. half. I didn't feel well. Yeah. Yeah. I felt That's awful. Yeah. 
people people tell me that all the time you yeah. know it's a food that they've for whatever reason they have identified as not making them feel good mm -hmm. they eliminate it and they unexpectedly eat it and they just realize why they gave it up you know so exactly. it's, it's everyone's body is different yes and um you know the, so that's that's a great example i love the way you organized your book you've got uh different chapters ptsd um good food for good mood Let's jump into uh, gut brain, the gut brain um, section, because some people don't perhaps understand the connection between your gut and your brain. Okay, of course. So the, the gut and brain um, is really cutting edge uh, science. The gut microbiome and that research is really only a decade and a half old or so. Um, if doctors went to medical school a few decades ago, that was not part of the syllabus. It's newer science. It's explaining that the gut and brain is not only connected, but the gut-brain connection explains the food-mood connection. And what I mean by that is the gut and brain are different parts of the body, but they originate from the exact same cells. Then these organs form and remain connected throughout life by the 10th cranial nerve, which is the vagus nerve. This acts like a bidirectional superhighway aligned for messages in both directions. And these are chemical messages. So um, when we eat food, the food gets digested on a, on a healthier day. Uh, the breakdown products of the food are uh, short chain fatty acids, which are good for us, good for our brain. And on a day that we're going through, you know, McDonald's or fast food or junk foods, um, the breakdown products are more toxic to our gut microbiome. When we are eating less healthy foods that are more toxic, you have the setup for inflammation and dysbiosis of the gut. And that becomes quite concerning because you get, that's when you start to notice an uptick of mental health symptoms as well as other things. Mm -hmm. And so the gut-brain connection is ex extremely important in terms of our understanding of how food impacts mental health. And also understanding that about 90% of serotonin and the receptors are in the gut. So that's so interesting. That helps people understand it a little bit better as well. I I was talking to someone about ADHD and ADD, and I my question is, in your opinion, why have there? Where do you think this comes from? Is this an environmental issue because of certain foods that trigger ADHD? Things that a mom could have ingested when they were pregnant. I mean, what, where where does this come from? You know, I'm not sure I know the entire answer, but I definitely think food is implicated. Um, okay. uh, food and our environment, our level of stress. I can certainly speak to the fact that, you know, the industrialization of food over these years, the food that we're eating is, you know, is even though we try our best to make the best choices, is not, is not ideal. Yes. Um, and I have to wonder with, with um, the level of sort of chemicals, the, uh, the type of farming and, and the way that our foods are produced, that this has not affected children over time yes. and led to an uptick of, of certain conditions. Um, and it's really by observation because I hear about this all the time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we know that certain uh, preservatives, colorants, dyes, stabilizers, processed ingredients, refined and added sugars are not great for the brain. So you really do have to ask the question, has it been brought on by our food system as well as one of the components? Because I was sharing how when I was growing up, 
we started our day with those sugary cereals, Captain Crunch yes. and all these different things. Yes. And then it was yes. Twinkies and devil dogs and right. on and on and on topped off by perhaps a TV dinner or, or fast food. And right. I know that wasn't good for the brain, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, many, many, many of us, uh, the way we ate as kids, you know, it may not have been well-informed and, I think that the good thing is that the brain can change and there is neuroplasticity and it's not too late for anyone to start to tweak their diet and eat, uh, eat in a healthier way. Yes. So, you know, if, if, if today is your day, then, then maybe start making those tweaks to, to what you're doing. I want to just give uh, listeners a sense of the, the chapters in the book. You've got uh, a chapter, uh, the gut brain romance depression, probiotics, omega-3s, and the Mediterranean, Mediterranean eating pattern, anxiety, fermented foods, dietary fiber, um, PTSD, ADHD, dementia, obsessive compulsive disorder. Oh, insomnia. That's what I was going to ask. I suffer from insomnia. I know other people that do and fatigue. Uh, what do you suggest for that? So with insomnia, you know, the conversation begins around sleep hygiene. Um, how you're getting ready for sleep, how you're spending your day, what you're drinking and eating that day, that week, um, your eating patterns, eating late at night, going shopping in, you know, brightly lit supermarkets late at night, not good for our, our sleep patterns. Mm -hmm. All of that counts. But then in terms of food, my tips for these are um, foods like uh, that are rich in melatonin, is a healthy natural way to go. And eggs happen to be rich in melatonin. So if you consume eggs, um, having breakfast for dinner, I like to say, mm -hmm. and there's some added veggies that you can, you can throw in, which will help your melatonin levels. And over time, if you just continue to do that, it could actually help to improve your sleep. The other one is tart cherry juice that doesn't have added sugars. Okay. And tart cherry juice has actually been shown to improve sleep. And I know that it's available in several natural markets. You just have to look for the ones that don't have a ton of added sugar. That's great. Anything else you'd like listeners to know about the book? Um, well, I, I think most importantly, it's really meant to be a guide to your better mental well-being. You don't have to have a list of symptoms or diagnosis. What you want to do is be a person like any one of us who wants to feel mentally robust, healthy, lacking fatigue, wanting energy, um, combating brain fog and learning to really eat for your better mental health. That's what's intended for. Yes. And I think that applies to every one of us who wants a healthier brain, who doesn't want to remain sharp in terms of their thinking and be intact and, uh, you know, live, live, for, live a long and healthy life. And one of the ways we need to understand to do that is how we're eating. Definitely. And it's in a time that's been so challenging, it's an understatement in the pandemic. I think the book is very timely because it really helps us focus on the things that are going to make us feel good mentally, physically, emotionally. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I, I, I'm glad you feel that way. And, and, and I certainly have gotten the feedback that people have found it useful for that reason. And I only hope they, they uh, lean into it more and, and use it more because I think we are looking for more solutions right now and mental health is really surging forward. So the more we can take care of our mental fitness um, and our emotional well-being, the better off we're going to be. Yes. And for people that are listening to this and think, but I'm not a cook. 
I, I learned how to make soup in the pandemic. I would take organic yeah. veggies and mm-hmm. start with a butternut squash base from Trader Joe's. And I would make the soup, even like I'd mm-hmm. go over to my aunt's house and make her soup when she had an accident. Yeah. And it's such a feel good thing to do. It absolutely is. You know, I um, began cooking, even though I'm a trained chef, I began cooking later in life um, as an adult because I uh, was always around a family where there were multiple cooks in the kitchen and there was a need for me to cook. I always tasted really delicious food. So one of the things I agonized over was chapter 11 in my book, which is about which is all about the recipes because I didn't want people to need to make a souffle. I just wanted them to eat whole healthy foods. Yes. Um, so I would say start, start with that chapter because it's, it gives you an introduction to how to set up your kitchen. Um, it gives you easy recipes. You can start with that. I, I, I promise you I've been there. I've been at that point where I didn't know how to cook and you can start with those because they're meant to be uh, for beginners. And, and you can build on them from there because all of us need a few, a few straightforward recipes that we can have and then build, uh, build more complex things as you, as you hone in on your skills. But I think it begins, you know, some major research studies have shown that when we eat at home and we prepare meals at home, we just naturally consume fewer calories. Yes. So, you know, there are good reasons to, uh, to know what's going into our food. And one of the ways you can control that is to make some of your meals at home. That's great. Where can people find out more about you? On my website, please subscribe to my newsletter. You'll find out all the things I'm up to at umanaidumd.com. Follow me on social media at D-R-U-M-A-N-A-I-D-O-O and and consider buying the book because I think that you will uh, hopefully find it a guide to your better mental well-being. Yes. And thank Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you so much. 